0: All right, let's, um, let's bow ahead. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, as we come again to your word um, and we're reading about Jesus and what you did for us, um, I pray that we can have our hearts touched, that you can soften them um, and that we can really get to grips with what happens in this next chapter of John. Um, thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for bringing us here. Um, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. So, um, as you may expect, we're going on to John chapter 19. So, John chapter 19, and we actually only have three weeks, including this week, left of John. There's only, 20, there's only 21 chapters in John. Who's making all this noise? Sorry. <laughs> um... Yeah, so there's only three, chap- three chapters left. There's only 21 chapters in John, so three weeks left. Um, so yeah, we're coming to the end. So um, chapter 19, we're going to start when um, we're going to read the first 16 verses, deal with that, and then we'll go from 17 onwards afterwards. Um, but anyone want to give us a quick recap of, of where we are? Maybe what happened last week? No, anyone? Chapter eighteen. You would say last week. No? Okay, all right. Well, chapter 18, um, we're in John, obviously. We we just got past him praying to God in chapter 17, um, and now Jesus is in Gethsemane and is being arrested. We talked about um, Peter wanting to save him, cutting off um, Marcus's ear, uh, and then Jesus ending up going, um, with the the soldiers to the high priests. Um, he then um, got saw Peter deny him three times, um, as we know, and we'll pick up Peter's story probably next week, um, but just remembering that. And then on to his um, trial with the high priests and with Pilate. Um, and so... Is a kind of continuation onto chapter 19 it's still in this um still in the trial with pilot and that's kind of where we're picking it up from verse one so i think what we should do is probably read the whole one to 16 first and then we can um pick out some points as we go so um starting from verse one we could read two verses each
1: Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scoured him, and the soldiers plated a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him purple robe.
2: And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him.
3: Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him.
0: Jesus answered him. So the Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that bit saying, he was more afraid.
1: And went again into the judgment
2: hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no the answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou on speakest thou not unto me now knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee Jesus answered thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend, whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar.
4: When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. and it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, And he saith unto the Jews, Behold, your king.
5: But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away.
0: So what's happening? Let's go um, from the start. So what happened at the start? First one, it says, Pilate took Jesus away and scourged him. What does "scourged" mean? Not sure. And I don't know what scorched is means. Is it like a
3: branding, uh, maybe?
0: Yeah, is the burning. Or, it burning branding? Or what does it Something to do with the eyes? Um, it's not quite branding and it's not to do with the eyes that's gorged i said burning as well um not quite burning either maybe if someone has a different translation it might um it might tell us what it means as it has a translation in my bible though
2: it's not a whipping or anything like a lashing
0: a whipping right yeah a whipping and you can imagine. I'm not sure if anyone has seen um, has seen Mel Gibson's film, um, The Passion. Um, but these these whips were were not a joke. Yeah, it was just like a light, like almost like a beating from your parent. It was like that. This was like flesh being ripped out of his back, kind of whipping. Yeah, almost like you'd have them them whips with things in them. Not just the leather or whatever, but there's things in the whip as well, them ones. Right? And so everything we know from this point forward, Jesus is is hurting pretty bad. Yeah. Hurting pretty bad, probably bleeding pretty bad. And then verse two, the soldiers um placed a crown of thorns on his head. So it's probably bleeding from his head too. And as much and what's worse than the whipping is that they put something straight on it as well. So it's fresh and they put a robe on it and you can you can feel the discomfort, right? It's bad at this point. Right? Then what happens?
2: They're somewhat uh, mocking him also. They're saying, oh hell the king of the Jews.
0: Ooh, exactly right so sarcastically they're saying "hell king of the jews right um kind of saying look here's your crown here's your robe ah, yeah you're a king now aren't you and slapping him right it's king of the universe that i created everything yeah um and then what happens with um from then on first four
5: Pilot tries to sort of pass the buck. He's like, well, here he is. I've brought you to him, but just know that I don't see anything wrong with him. I find that fault
4: in him.
0: Exactly, it makes, right? It, yeah, go ahead.
4: Sorry. Um makes me think of like teachers when they're with year 11s and they think that they get in control by just talking, but they should know already that no one's listening to them.
0: <laughs> For sure, right? It's almost I feel pilot is almost um it's like he doesn't really want to do it at this point, he really doesn't, and he's trying to give them every excuse to not do this, he's not going to stop it outright, but he's going to kind of be like, come on guys, are we, are we sure, are we sure, are we sure? You, you really want to do this, this guy is is a good guy, like he hasn't done anything wrong, really, and, he's, and he keeps it. and we'll see Pilot continue to do this right, so um, so he said look, I've not found no fault in him, so really what's the problem mm. um so he comes forth bring, with the crown of thorns on his head and the purple robe. And Pilate says, behold the man, right? And then what did the chief priest say?
2: They want him dead. They're saying crucify him.
0: They want him dead. They want him dead. The the the, 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 the Sanhedrin, the the... The leadership, they, they, they've gone past the point of return at this point. It's now time, look, we just need this guy to dead. Yeah, Reuben. I think I was looking um, in the previous chapter to see what
4: Pilate had done before. And they've been like all these times where he's questioned Jesus, but he's not put his hand on him yet, if that makes sense. He's yeah. never questioned and admitted that he's guilty. And um, in uh, verse one of chapter 19, I feel like that's what we're seeing. As soon as he punishes Jesus, and as Reese you said, to be fair, I don't really want to imagine it, but as you said, the whip wasn't a joke. Yeah? So you've, you've whipped him. You've brought him out in front of people. You put a crown on top of his head, and um, it's a crown of thorns. And Jesus is probably looking pitiful and, and, and mashed up and just, you know, not good at all. And when he's saying, behold the man, it's almost like in, in my mind, he's he's thinking that this is gonna awake some pity in the people. They're gonna be like, you know what, he's had enough. This is okay. Yeah. Mm.
0: And that's exactly not what happens. For real, right? And to put in context, this the same people who are probably crying for his crucifixion, right? They're the same people who are bringing um, their sick to him to heal. They're coming to him because they are hungry. They're coming to him because they are blind. They're coming to him because they are demon possessed. Um, They're coming him up to him, asking them questions about theology and his teachings and all the rest of it. These are the same people. So this man has spent the best part of three years, almost four years, um, healing, teaching, doing nothing but good. Jesus said, "Jesus is so confident of that fact. In fact, he says to the." Pharisees earlier in um in chapter eighteen, look, go ask the people what I'm about. They're like you don't have to ask me, go ask them. That's how confident Jesus is about how much his work has been good on this on this earth. And literally, he's getting treated like these people are willing him to die for what? Right. This is the situation Jesus is in. Yeah. Cool, let's continue. Um, so the chief priests, according to Crucify, and Pilate is still saying, Look, I find no fault in him. Um, and what did the Jews answer? Coming in verse 7. Uh,
3: they said that. Um... According to their law, he should die because he's made himself the Son of God.
0: Cool right. So this is their justification. Mm. Like Jesus has called himself the Son of God, so he ought to die. However, the, the, the death that Jesus should get for blasphemy isn't the cross, understand and it isn't all of what's happening right now. So even if you know the Jews were actually going to do this properly, they would have had a proper court ruling out in the open, everyone would have seen it and then there would have been the punishment if he was guilty. How they did it was at night, they came and got him with some Roman soldiers. Uh, They tried him at night when no one could see and then they took him to Pilate to do the sentencing because they couldn't do it themselves. Um, And this is all during Passover, ironically. Right? So so let's say Jesus called himself the son of God. Then what's Pilate's response to, to their accusation? That's so eight. He was more afraid. He was more afraid. What do you think, um, Pilot was afraid of? It's not the first thing that I thought of, but in my mind, I'm wondering.
4: You know, these guys are saying for our law because of our law, he ought to die. And I wonder if there's a bit of Pilot that says this is absolutely
0: none of my business. I shouldn't be here. Interesting. Interesting. Possibly. Well, else? Why do you think um, Pilate is afraid? Or more um,
2: afraid? I think, I think there was a, a first thing and then a secondary thing that he probably crossed his mind in that moment where the first was obviously his political position. He doesn't want to be thought of as weak or something. He doesn't want to be um, viewed as weak where he then loses his kind of grip of power in his position but then also secondary, and maybe more importantly uh, when he heard oh he made himself the son of God he's thinking hold on wait this is like probably like a man that probably he hasn't seen before you know he's doing all these things he's going to scourge him he's going to physically and uh, mentally beat this man and to a pulp to an extent and Probably in all of this, Christ is also not reacting to that, maybe the way others would have reacted before. Mm. He's, he's not begging for his life, nor is he, there's a lot of things that to him is is unusual. He hasn't seen before, it doesn't make sense. And he's thinking, what if this was then the son of God? What if there was more than what I understand, what I see? So probably from that kind of um curiosity level, which he already, you could see he was curious and he didn't understand. What the problem was, and didn't see fault in him, and probably from that level, he's thinking, "What if he was? What if he is the son of God? What if there is more here than meets the eye?"
0: Exactly, right? Exactly that. So, um, so you can imagine from Pilate's perspective, right? The Jews come and bring this guy in, and from Pilate's perspective, he's probably done this a few times. There's probably a few times where there's been a criminal or someone, and he's like, "Oh, well, come and judge again." These Jews can't let me alone. He's probably a bit annoyed that he has to come out so early in the morning um, and, you know, deal with this issue. He's not really, he doesn't really need this issue right now. Um, And he's fully expecting someone like the other two thieves on the cross, yeah? Um, Someone like um, Barabbas, right, Who, who actually gets released instead of Jesus. He's expecting that kind of character, someone who you can tell is a criminal straight off the bat. And, you know, he probably had, you know, he probably dealt with these people pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Crucify him or throw him in jail or beat him or whatever the case is. Easy, quick, done. But I think Pilate, as soon as he saw Jesus, knew there was something different about him. And then he started speaking to Jesus and we see this in chapter 18. um, And Jesus is talking about, you know, the kingdom that I am uh, king of isn't of this earth. And and all of these things and, and Pilate's thinking nah no, nah no, this, this guy's different this guy's different and he can't quite put his finger on it and then when just then when the Jews say oh he tells it he's he says that he's the Son of God it's like Pilate it's almost like his eyes open it's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa Son of God well we we need to we need to we need to chill I can't be it, it can't be because of me that the Son of God is about to get crucified right so what he does is he actually takes Jesus back into the his chamber the the Back into the judgment hall, uh, and he starts to question him again. Right, so um, verse um, verse nine it says, "And went again into the judgment hall, and Jesus say, um, and say unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. What does whence art thou' mean? Just for those who." Uh, um, it's not easy with the King James. What does the words art that mean? said, Where are you from? Where are you from, right? So here clearly we need Pilate's like son of God. Where are you from? Where are you actually from? And what does Jesus say?
5: Didn't respond.
0: Didn't respond, right? So what Pilate says to in response to Jesus' non-response?
5: Why don't you talk to me? Why don't you answer my question?
3: Why don't you answer my question and then what does he say? It says, like, don't you know that I have the power to crucify you or to, yeah. and to release you?
0: <laughs> so Pilate thinks he's, he's, he's the bee's knees at the moment. Pilate, Pilate doesn't understand what's going on. Jesus we know this from before, Jesus full well could have, could have left before the people got there to Gethsemane because he knew what was going on. Meanwhile while they even got there, all he needed to say is three words and the, man, the, the soldiers were on the floor. So I understand Jesus is exactly where he needs to be exactly where he wants to be and um, ultimately there's nothing Pilate could do or not do about it, clearly. right? Pilate's not in control in this situation however he thinks he's in control. So it's like, don't you understand? Like, I'm trying to help you here. Like, answer my question because I can crucify you or release you. We will find out like literally in a minute that he doesn't have that control, or at least he could have, but he relinquishes really it. Right? So, what does Jesus say to, to, to Pilate's um um saying that he has power in the situation?
3: He says. You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin.
0: Cool. What does Jesus say? Sit down. No, Um. um
4: you know, what? I've, I've heard somebody put it like this before. Um, you know, he turns around, Pilate turns around and says, don't you realise that I've got the keys? I've got the, you know, it's in my hands. Yeah. Do you, it, that's a good point. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Um, this is the time. You, you know when, um, oh man, it's a really weird comparison, but uh, seeing competitions, it's fact, all of them ones there. And, you know, someone goes and they don't put their best foot forward. And every now and again, you've got the Simon Cow that actually says, you know what? Take another chance. Do it again. Recognise where you are. Give us the for real, you know? You know, come correct this one time. There's a lot of
0: background noise, by the way. But I, we can still hear you. Sorry. Okay,
4: sorry. Um, he, he turns around and he says, you, you've got no power over me. This is, this is my moment. This isn't your moment. This is mine. And the only that you, you know... Basically, I, I think the way I've heard someone put this before as well is that in this moment, Jesus um absolves Pilate, like as much as possible. And you see a side of Jesus that actually, even in the midst of you know, being put to death, he takes as much responsibility off Pilate as possible. That's not to say that Pilate isn't still responsible, but that he kind of recognizes that actually mate it's peak because the way you're feeling right now, you don't have any power, yeah? And um, I'm trying to take that burden off you as much as possible. And I suppose that it still could have made a different choice with that, but Jesus was kind of trying to lead him into this way to say, even at this point, I'm still showing mercy on you, I'm still forgiving you.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, And who Jesus is actually putting that blame on outside of Pilate and putting it actually on both the Pharisees and maybe even Judas, right? The people who actually know what they're doing, the people who should have known better. Um, that's, 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 where we're, that's where we're putting this, and even more on, on Satan himself, right? So, um, so yeah, let's continue. So, um, verse 12, someone can read.
2: And from thence Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, "If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar."
0: So here we go. This is this is like the uh, the final um the final nail in Pilate. Like he can't you can't go back now. They brought Caesar's name into this. Um, and if you go if you go for this guy who tells you know he's, he proclaims that he's king of the jews that's against what caesar would want and so what you're 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 going to go for this man instead of caesar and that for so that you know pilot thought was way too much of his position to try and put it in jeopardy like that right so at this point it was game over that was those were like the magic words right verse 13
4: When Pilate therefore heard the same, he bore Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha.
0: Verse 14 And it was preparation of the Passover about that sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. Verse
3: 15. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar.
0: The chief priests are uh, cheeky, you know. Mm. How can the chief priests of all people shout out, we have no king but Caesar? The chief priests of all people are shouting that out. Go ahead Tyler. I'm
5: just saying it's funny, like like the Romans didn't invade
0: and sort of conquer everything. 100, it's like, they're going so much to reject Jesus that so they're happy to accept a foreign ruler. That's how much they're denying Christ at this point. It's like, we don't want anything to do with him. So we're happy, we'll, we'll take Caesar over Jesus. And Pilate is trying to give he's like, look, like I'm here, I'm happy to release him. Like I'm even like him or Bar- Barabas, you want barabbas okay? Like, are you sure? Like I find no fault in him, still crucifying, crucifying, crucifying. We would rather Caesar than Jesus. We'd rather our oppressor than the guys come to save us. Last verse 16, then they delivered him throughout um delivered him therefore unto them to be crucified and they took jesus and led him away and so we're about to get into um jesus experience in golgotha um and to be crucified there's actually seven things that jesus says while he's on the cross um and so john doesn't speak about all of them but i wonder if we can um if we could actually say all of the seven. So I'm going to give you you guys a chance. Um, he says three in John, but there's seven in total um, throughout the Gospels. So for us in my desire to be, what do you think some of the things Jesus says on on the, on the cross?
2: Um, I think if my memory serves me right, I don't remember really know if it's in John, but he does, while he's on the cross, speak to his mother and says behold here is your son I think it was
0: for sure right so that's that's one right he says to um John John there is your mother and to his mother Mary he says mother there is your son um and so we're going to talk about that in a minute so that's one yeah
1: um does he say forgive them for they don't know what they've done
0: Yeah, forgive them for they know what they do that's the first thing he says that's two does he also does he turn around and ask the soldiers,
4: um, you know, are you are, are you casting lots over my clothes, or are you dividing my clothes, or
6: something like that?
0: Um, they do um do that, but he doesn't say anything about it. Does he scream up to God saying, "Why
1: has
5: Thou forsaken me?" Is that that? Cool.
0: One? my God, my God, why has Thou forsaken me? That's three.
1: It is finished.
0: It is finished. That's four. Ruben said, uh, he says, I'm thirsty.
2: He said, yeah, I thirst. That's fine. He says, um, ugh, I don't remember word for word. He speaks to one of the people being crucified with him. He says, um, I promise you today that you will be with me in...
0: Oh, I think I'm on the right lines. Yeah, yeah, no, you're there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool, right? So he says to the, the uh, one of the feeds on the cross, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Right? Yeah. That's six. Yeah. There's one more, and it's the last thing he says. It's actually my favorite of all of them. Do your hands my spirit? So again,
4: your hands activate my spirit.
0: Into my yes, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Right? Those are the seven things that Jesus says on the cross. Um, we're gonna deal with three of them. There's three of them in John, but um he says seven, right? Um so let's start from should we read um yeah, let's read let's read from seventeen to verse twenty-seven. do two verses each
4: year. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the Place of the Skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst.
1: And Pilate wrote, on, and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, and the title then read many of the Jews, for the place where, Je- where Jesus was crucified was nigh-, was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin.
2: Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, write not the King of the Jews, but but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what, have, what I have written, I have written.
6: When the soldiers, the soldiers... Cris- when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them. With the undergarment remaining, this garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not hear it," they said to another. "Let's decide by, let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast them and cast lots of for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did.
5: Now they stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Joseph, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Cool. All right.
0: So let's summarise. What's just happened in those 11 verses or so?
4: Jesus got
6: crucified.
4: Uh, it doesn't really say too much about the detail of it. It says Jesus got crucified. It says the pilot went and wrote an inscription in three languages, <laughs> saying the king of the Jews. The chief priest didn't like that. Uh, they said, don't write that it's the king of the Jews. Write that he's claimed to be the king of the Jews, or that he said that he was the king of the Jews. And Pilate turns around and says, "I've written it, so it's gonna go up there regardless." Uh, And then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think we did. Don't don't, don't skip
5: over that point too quickly. I think it's more of a no, no, no. He is the king of the Jews. Not he didn't proclaim it. Pilate recognized his name. He is what he says he is. That's what I think it
0: was. It's actually interesting. Okay, number one, what you said, right, Reuben, was um, that it doesn't really go too much into detail, into the details in terms of his crucifixion. It just says, and he was crucified, right, or they crucified him. Um, and it's interesting, I say it's interesting because John was, was the only disciple that was actually there at that point. All the other disciples, Peter had gone and denied him three times. Uh, and all the other disciples had fled. So John was the only uh, quote-unquote loyal disciple there at this point with his mother um, and the two Marys. And it's interesting that John probably gives the least description out of all of the other disciples in terms of the gospels. And I wonder if it was because it was just too painful to write about, or it was just too traumatic to write about, um, and he couldn't go into so much detail um, and so that's why John doesn't go. Um, so yeah, John doesn't go into so much detail. I wonder. I'm not sure. But he, it's, it's just interesting because he, he spends quite. He does not spend a lot of time on um, his actual crucifixion account, and he's the one who was actually there. Um, but yeah, moving on to to what Tyler was saying. Right. I agree. I think Pilot was convicted at this point. And so he, he just said, look, what I've written, I've written. And what's amazing about this, and it's actually gonna be part of an answer um, that I'm gonna ask in a bit, um, that this writing, because they're outside of Jerusalem at this point, Golgotha, um, Calvary is a, a place just outside of Jerusalem. And at this point it's Passover, so there's a lot of people in Jerusalem. And so people going in and out of the city would, have, would be able to see this and see the inscription and so it was a massive witness to who Jesus actually was um, even though the, it came from Pilate and the, the, the leaders of the of the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees didn't want um, that inscription to read like it did um, and the fact that it was written in three languages as well makes you known that you know the tripe Pilate was allowing, or God wanted Pilate to make sure that it was proclaimed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's carry on. So, what happened after that? In verse 23.
4: Um, the soldiers, they took his garments and made four parts, every soldier a part, and also his coat. So I'm guessing that there were actually a few garments, and that's what they split into four parts. But then it was getting to the point of the coat. I wonder if this was like the iconic Jesus coat, or maybe, you know, that that wasn't the value as much as they said that it was. it was made out of one piece of cloth. It wasn't mm-hmm. sewn together, it was just one. Whole thing. I, I was wondering if there's any anything symbolic to pick out of that. Why that why that's something that's written about. This is the first time I've heard anybody
0: talk about what Jesus is wearing, really. Honestly, um, I don't know if there's any symbolic um significance to this, but there is definitely um there's definitely prophetic significance. And I think that's why John goes into specific detail. Because um, in I think the Psalms it talks about how um, in fact let's read it Psalms 22 um, let's see what verse it is but it's in Psalms 22 why should you find that I don't think it's
5: anything significant but it 18. reminded me of what um, they did to Joseph's coat Similar ways, we just you know the toilet it and stuff like that.
0: That's true. That's true. That's a good point.
4: Tyler, sorry, do you mind making that point again, please?
5: I was just saying, just reminding me of what they did to Joseph's
4: coat you was know, tearing it and stuff like that. That's mad because actually dipped it in blood as well, didn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. Um, and it was the coat was a symbol of, um, his the father's love for Joseph. Um, and so I don't know. Maybe if we're taking similarities, maybe Jesus' coat was a similar thing, and they didn't want to rip it. But um, in terms of the prophetic um element of it, we can read from um psalms 22 verse 17 it says um i may tell all my bones they look and stare upon me they part my garments among them and cast lots lots for my vestiture but um be not far from me O lord oh my strength haste thee to help me um and so it's funny the whole of psalms 22 um david is praying this to god out of his own suffering but none of the things in psalms 22 actually happened to him so you know it talks about um, them them with the lot um casting the lots for his clothing that never happened to david um and it's literally the whole thing describes jesus crucifixion um and so the whole prayer is actually a prophetic prayer that david is praying um and the fact that it says this now in John is a uh, is a cast back to the fact that it was prophesied that this would happen. I just want to back up that
4: point that you just made um, from verse seven, sorry, six, it says I am a worm and no man and, sorry, I am a worm and no man a reproach of men and despised of the people, all they that see me laugh me to scorn, they shoot out the lip, they shake the head saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. And that's like such a parallel to to Jesus on that cross, you know, being crucified to the point where, you know, bloody and beaten and ashamed and all of these things, they weren't supposed to look on him as a person. He was supposed to be a pariah, supposed to be, you know, this is what happens. Um, Judge him, shame him, think of him as all these things, but don't think of him as
0: one of you. Mm. For sure, for sure. It's actually to think of Jesus right now. And um, generally, when we see pictures of the cross with Jesus on it, um, he may have a cloth over his private parts. But I understand Jesus was naked. Naked, lashed on his back, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head um bleeding wounded he had not actually he had carried his cross there number one and number two he hadn't eaten since we know he ate in chapter 13 that was the last time he ate with his disciples the last supper and from then till now he hasn't eaten and so you know the picture is is bleak but there is a um there is a beauty in it as well which we're going to talk about but Obviously the actual scene of it is is horrifying, right? Um, so yeah, let's carry on. verse 25 onwards. what are we seeing?
2: We see a description of those that were there by his cross verse twenty says now they stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene
0: cool so there's four women there why <laughs> I heard something there's always more men than women um, in church you know um, this, this is an example right there's John and four women three Marys actually interestingly Mary the mother of Jesus Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary uh, Magdalene um and then there's mary mother of jesus's sister there, so jesus's auntie right um um sorry and it's not mary why did i say mary mother of jesus Sorry, yeah mary mother of jesus's sister yeah so um so there's the four women in john there right and then what does jesus say is one of his um seven sayings that we spoke about earlier Verses 26
2: and 27. He says, Woman, behold my son, thy son. So he's basically telling John that obviously Jesus' mom's going to be his mom now. So he's basically passing on Mary, I think.
0: Exactly right. So he's saying to Mary, Behold thy son, John. And um, John, behold thy mother, Mary. Um, and I know John never likes to write his own name so he says uh, the disciple which Jesus loved as his name right so that's why it doesn't say John specifically in his name but um, yeah go ahead Reuben and Nathan I was just
4: thinking you know John always calls himself the disciple that
0: Jesus loved
4: (laughs) that's that's a gutsy move you know what I'm saying there's 12 disciples but now it's me that Jesus
6: loves yeah okay. sure. sure to oh. be
0: fair if you're the only one left at the, at the cross mm. I'll, 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 you can have the title you
6: can have it. Mm.
4: I think that it's interesting when we see you know Jesus giving his mother to John and Jesus giving John to his mother and I I like to think of it as like this is this is this is one of the instances of uh, of adoption that we see in the Bible just mm. like this is your mom now this is your son
0: go.
5: Just a quick question. Was that was that was custom at the time or was that just something unique?
0: Um, I think in terms of custom, all I knew is that if someone died, you, you know, your brother may take the mantle or something like that. But um, I, I don't think like it was like a friend like this would take a mantle. Um, and so I think this was quite unique in that respect. Um, but I, I'm not, uh, I don't know it for sure, but it seems quite unique. Um, but what it does show is, think about what, where Jesus is right now, right? Jesus is on the cross um, and he's in pain and he's feeling, and if, if nothing else, because we're going to talk about this in a minute as well, but if nothing else, the pain is even more so because he's, he's feeling the full weight of sin coming on him, um, the separation from God, all of it, right? And yet he's looking down from the cross and he sees his mother and almost has pity on her. Because Mary's had quite a quite um, quite had a quite a hard mothership, as it were. Um, you know, being the mother of Jesus in certain ways. You know, from 12, he was leaving them and going to teach in the temple and they wouldn't know where he was. Um, you know, Jesus went out into the wilderness for 40 days. So Mary, he must have been worried about him where he was then. You know, all, all throughout his... Um, his teachings and stuff you knew that the the pharisees hated him i mean that you knew that the leadership hated him and now watching your son go through all of this mary must have been distraught and instead of jesus thinking about himself and his own pain and his own misery which would have been understandable he has time to say you know what mother i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure that you're all right and we see and that is one example and, and we see that several times while he's on the cross and part of the seven you know the fact that he says that, um, oh don't worry today i'll see you in paradise i promise you today that i'll see you in paradise right again jesus is worried about saving souls even when he's at his most distraught and so for jesus loved him first when he wrote, you know, honor thy mother and father, it was his hand that wrote that. It's his law that he's doing. So how much more does he is he showing it out in his actions? Yeah. Any other points on that before we um, get into the meat? Reuben. Um I'd just say as well, um we read it in John 15 where Jesus was oh
4: sorry, 15, 17. I think, and probably mentioned in 15 as well, where Jesus is talking about that oneship that he wants to have, um, you know, him and God the Father are one. And he wants that same unity to be present in his followers, in his disciples, the apostles, the wider church that we'll follow after. And I feel like um, this... It, it doesn't seem you know so much as uh you know here's a whole different son and here's a whole different mother as much as he's almost trying to give some sense of continuity you know woman you still have a son son you still have a mother that kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's almost like you know i'm not going to be around here to love you but through john he's gonna you know i'll take care of you yeah through you know i'll I'll still kind of lead you and exactly as you guys have said already he's not leaving them in a vacuum and it it kind of puts a whole new level to it you know when when we talk about our family and our friends you know this person is like a brother or is a brother to me this um this lady is a mother to me you know that kind of thing and we say it all metaphorically but how true is it in our lives
0: yeah yeah for sure for sure for sure cool all right let's um let's get into the meat and then we're gonna read the next three in fact let's read the next verse in fact two verses and then we're gonna focus on verse 30 um but yes but um verse 28 and 29 if someone can read ready
2: to say verse 29 uh
0: 28 and 29 28
2: 29 okay verse 28 after this jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled say if i thirst now there was a set of there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth okay cool
0: um so what do you think the significance of this is
1: that's just evil imagine like someone's really thirsty and they give him like bitter vinegar for
0: sure right what do you, what what is what is vinegar salt salt Do you say yeah um is vinegar salt salt it's very salty isn't it um Base. I don't yeah. know. It makes you said,
6: it it makes weird. you even yeah. more thirsty.
0: Yeah, yeah. it can, it makes you even more thirsty. That's true. But there's a specific. Okay. Um, it's hot. Acidic. It is bitter. as acidic. But there's a certain component that that vinegar has that maybe the church may tell us that's why we shouldn't be having things with vinegar in it. Alcohol. Alcohol,
2: right?
0: Has alcohol content. Um, it has alcohol in it. It does. Vinegar has alcohol content. The, 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 the reason why it is so sour and has that taste is because it is being uh, fermented.
4: Interesting.
0: Right? And so they used to give people who were crucified vinegar to do what? Numb the pain again? Numb the pain. Yeah. So Jesus, like, obviously looking for water, they tried to give him vinegar, and in the other, um, in the other gospels, it talks about what Jesus's response to the vinegar was because it doesn't say it here. But he tasted it and then said he didn't want any. And there's another example of saying Jesus wanted to feel the full brunt of what he was about to feel. He didn't want any numbness of mind. He didn't want to. Maybe that would have been an avenue in which. You know, the devil could have affected him or tempted him. He wanted to have a clear mind and to go through what he was about to go through. Yeah, so they were try, so they usually give that to numb the pain, to cloud your mind so you don't feel as bad as you could do. And Jesus rejected it. And then finally, verse 30.
6: 30. When when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Cool. Aaron?
0: Uh no, yeah, let's let's stop at 30. Um it is finished, right? What we're gonna discuss some, a few things of the significance of, of the cross at this point, but what do you think Jesus meant by it is finished? What was finished? The plan for salvation. The plan of salvation, right? What what is the plan of salvation? Okay, let's break it down because that's quite a maybe that's quite a loaded question, right? Yeah. Um. Let's break it down. All right, so. When we think about the significance of the cross and what Jesus did, right, the first thing that has to, the first question I had, right, was why did Jesus have to die on the cross? In general, right, I get that Jesus had to die, but why did he have to go through the beatings, the lashings, um, the cross experience itself, etc.? Why did Jesus have to go through that death? What do you guys think?
4: wasn't it widely thought at the time that the cross was the worst way to go So again at this time wasn't it thought that the cross was the worst way to go
0: agreed the cross is definitely the worst way to go um, but why do you think Jesus felt like he had to go through the worst way
2: I think maybe there's a number of reasons but maybe one of them was so that there could be um, a number of witnesses to that I okay, break that
0: down
2: a bit more um well in a sense if there was if he'd gone another um for example I know there wasn't obviously things like guns and so forth at the time but let's say there was something that you know it was a quick stone, and someone threw a stone at him whatever it hit the right part of his head or whatever and then he was just gone like that um one there wouldn't have been maybe as many witnesses p- possibly and that was also perhaps part of um in his over in the overall uh, destiny of his death maybe part of that which needed to be done was those the fact that there was all those witnesses to his death mm.
6: which maybe
2: no, yeah which maybe wouldn't have gone as such um, and probably you had the most witnesses from that kind of horrific death, because obviously there was a lot of people that would gather for something like that. Um, there's quite a lead up to that death as well. So it's not, a, it's not quite an instant thing, obviously. So,
0: For sure, for sure, right? So 100% really, right? Part of the reason, um, at least I believe, is that the cross needed to be iconic. Which it is. I mean, something that was created by Persians, perfected by Romans as a torture symbol. Now, if you see anywhere in the world a cross, almost, it's, it's almost a symbol of mercy, of good, of, of Christianity, etc. Right? And it had to be something that iconic um, for Jesus' message to be so public. You know, it for you to say, oh, believe in this guy who... Um, who, you know, tripped and fell down the well and died. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same, like he had to be killed, he had to be sacrificed, right? Um, and so part of the reason why it was like that is because it was almost a, um, a mirror image of what the lambs were going through throughout the, the time of, of the sacrifices. It had to be public, it had to be someone killing him. Um, it had to be voluntary. It had to be, you know, it had to fill those those
4: um, those criteria. Reuben, were you going to say something or Nathan? I was just thinking. I I I hear where you're coming from, but hearing that, it kind of it almost reduces the cross to good marketing. And I know that probably sounds awful, but that that's how I'm hearing it. If if it's like You know, at the beginning of time, you know, the Godhead gets together and decides which way is the best way to go. That sounds that sounds crazy. And it's weird because, you know, God is intentional. God is specific. God is all these things. So, yes, it must have been decided in some way. But that's a little bit crazy to think of it like that.
0: I don't think this is the only reason, um, but it is. I think it is one of the reasons. Um, I don't think it could have been that Jesus died quietly in a room somewhere. I don't think it would have had the same impact. Um, but there is other reasons, agreed. If that was the only reason, I agree. It may seem a bit shallow, but I think there were deeper reasons, right? Does anyone, do you have another reason? Is there any other reasons that you could think of why the cross experience was necessary? I was thinking
4: about this idea of um, the wrath of God being satisfied. That, the, you know, ever since I've been young and been trying to wrap my head around this, this idea that the, the reason that Jesus came was because someone had to pay the price. And in, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it might be Isaiah, Isaiah fifty. Yeah, Isaiah 53, a chapter that talks about this. Um, If you go further on into the chapter, it Mm. it kind of describes how, you know, God himself, I I may be kind of, maybe paraphrasing this, but I've read it as if God is grinding his foot. I don't know if you've ever been playing around with, um, well, to be fair, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but, you know, uh, playing around with people, wrestling or something like that, yeah? and you you you're just putting a little bit of pressure because it's a game it's a joke yeah but this itself isn't a game or a joke and if indeed jesus is playing, paying the penalty for our sins for sin itself and god just goes and puts his foot down like it's a joke does not apply pressure pressure then it it, it makes the whole thing just a, a, a you know a, a joke really so, almost imagine God had to grind His foot down, because in doing that, He wasn't, you know, punishing Jesus; He was punishing sin. Mm. Does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting there. That's that's exactly the next point, right, Tyler? I think
5: yeah. I think Ruben, you kind of touched on what I was going to say. Like, I feel like, I'm not sure why He had to cross, but like the things that had to be ticked were ticked. So it had to be a free, willing, um, sacrifice. So we can see clearly there was numerous times Jesus could have got out of it, but he stayed there because it was a willing sacrifice. And then I feel like it had to be sin that ultimately led him, led to his death. And it was the sin of the masses as well, because there's enough mm-hmm. times where one person could have just killed him, Jesus. And like if Jesus just stood there, yeah, he would have been willing, He could have died, but that's, that wouldn't have fulfilled anything. So that's why he goes up out of this situation. But for this one, it's actually the sin of the people. Like the people were like, no, we're doing this. And obviously Satan was also influencing the people as well. So I feel like he had to be, you had to die through people's sin. because ultimately that's what he's saving people from.
0: For sure, right, hundred percent. So, as you both are saying, um, the cross was a symbol of sin at its worst, almost, and um, and God's wrath being poured out on sin, because we have to understand Jesus didn't just he didn't just die. But he took um, our punishment. And we're going to deep this a little bit more in a minute. But he took our punishment. And our punishment is not just a, like the punishment for sin. Like how bad sin is, is not just the, oh, let's just, let's just get away with it quietly. Sin needs to be dealt with through, as Reuben said, God, God has wrath against it. And so Jesus had to take on that mantle. And hence why the cross experience was necessary. Um there's a there's a text. Um the cross also showed that sin it was sin that killed him. as Tyler said it's very true. Yeah, right. just, just a quick answer to that.
5: Because obviously yeah, with the cross, um, it's a three-day, three to five day death. Like if you get if you get stabbed with a with a sword, that's pretty much that you can beat on the sword. If there's arrow, you can beat on the arrow. But with the cross, it's supposed to be three days, and the fact that he died the same day. It shows that it was the sin that actually killed him, not being yeah. saved the cross.
0: Agreed, agreed, agreed. For sure. Right. And um, we're gonna come to that um after this as well. So yeah, good great point. Um because someone read Luke 23, um, verse 28 to 31. Luke 23, verses 28 to 31. this is um, Jesus carrying almost um, his cross to um, to the to Calvary to um, Golgotha and you know he's struggling to carry it etc and there's women around him um, kind of jeering him talking to him and and this is Jesus's response so from 28 to 31.
2: Luke 23, verse 28 to 31. But Jesus turning unto them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep, not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry?
0: Awesome. All right. What, what is Jesus saying? I sound a bit cryptic. What is Jesus saying to the women who are crying over him?
4: kind of reads as you you don't really know the sorrow that's coming your way and so yes you can cry for me because what I'm going through is horrific but you might as well weep for yourselves and for your children but I don't know if he was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem here uh, or, or, or something like that but you know or maybe he's talking to the end of time to like the 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 the, the punishment of sin then shall they begin to say to the mountains, fool on us!" and to the hills, "Cover!" Mm. I do not know. I, I just don't know what verse thirty-one means. It says, "For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry?"
0: That is that is really the um, the crux of what Jesus is talking about, and what I want to focus on. In fact, verse thirty-one, right? So, yeah, go ahead.
4: Wait, let me just jump in there as well. I, I remember this one time. Um, sorry, this one time. I think there's a verse, uh, a passage even, where it's either the disciples or the Pharisees, but um, someone's getting down on Jesus and his people for either being at a party, for being merry, um, for not spending all the time in like fasting and prayer. I don't know what it was, but it was something along those lines. And Jesus turns around and tells them, you know, the bridegroom, um, the, what is it? When the bridegroom is there, it's okay for people to be joyous and to be, you know, happy and to be okay, you know, but when he, then there's ample time for crying, there's ample time for weeping and for not feeling great because that's when it's ended and it's over. And I feel like that's a similar thing when he's saying, um, if they do these things in a green tree, if they're doing these things while the bread of life, while the the source of life is here, yeah. While God is still communicating with them as a people, while there's still truth, and justice being given even if it's to a remnant yeah then yeah. what's gonna happen when there's nothing there at all when as as um as we saw the the pharisees and them guys say when they realize that they have no king but caesar what happens then
0: and this is this is this is the thing right jesus is saying um jesus is about to be crucified at that point in in Luke, and he's He's saying, I'm about to take all of this on. I'm doing all this to pay for your sins, right? But for those who don't accept it, and this is why he's saying cry for yourselves because you're not accepting it. And one day is going to come in which you're going you're to gonna realise that you haven't accepted it. You're going to realise that the same thing I'm going through now, you're going to have to go through and you're going to ask the mountains to fall on you because the penalty of sin is not nice it's not great no one no one wants the penalty of sin the sin in the moment maybe may be enticing or whatever it is but the penalty of sin is not nice and especially the ultimate penalty for sin and you know when you wake up in that second resurrection you know it's not it's not it's not a great thing think if you're doing this to me in the green if you're doing this to me right now imagine what it will be like when there is nothing there's no God to comfort you. There's no Holy Spirit That is It's just sin. And sin about to be destroyed. It's not a good place. Right? And so why I believe, another reason why I believe Jesus had to go through the lengths of, of heartache and, you know, all of his friends abandoning him, um, you know, one of his main disciples betraying him, being whipped, being beaten, thorn of um, crown on his head, carrying his cross, um, nails with the hands etc 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 the list goes on the weight of sin on him the guilt the pain all of it right um is because he was taking that pain for us that is the same pain you'll get um if you don't if you don't accept him and so if he just had some you know meager death that wasn't um such a such a big um deal if it was like, you know, as I said, he tripped and fell and hit his head and died, it wouldn't have shown that he suffered for our sins. Because I don't think we understand how deep sin is and how bad sin is. Right? Put it this way, right? Um, God doesn't grade on a scale. Do you know what grading on a scale means? Anyone know what grading on a scale means?
5: Yeah, so if you all get of so, a lower score, then collectively you get different scores. I don't have to explain it. It's not there's not a set score. It's not like a 60% is a B, 70% is an A. It depends on what, what the class gets as a whole.
0: Cool, right? So if you have if a class does a test, as Tyler says, right, and um, and the whole class does badly, then what they'll do is they'll say, right, the A students will be the top 10% of scores. The B students will be the next 10% and they'll do it like that. Instead of it being you need to get 50 points to get an A, they'll say, right, we're just going to grade the top 10% as an A, the, the next 10% as a B, the next 10% as a C. That's grading on a scale, right? God doesn't grade on a scale. He doesn't say that, like, his standard is not, okay, the best people will make it. That's not, that's not his thing. His, his, his criteria is perfection. His criteria is perfection. It was like for us, right? We all go down to Cornwall, jump in the sea, and say, right, we're gonna swim to um, we're gonna swim to America. And let's say Tyler is the best swimmer here. And so Tyler is out in front of the whole group, right? And we're swimming in the sea, probably, I don't know, let's say 40 feet from shore, already pretty tired. Tyler's out in front, right? Tyler looks behind and says, Whoa, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. But think about it. How close is Tyler getting to America? Thousands of miles away. And what will ultimately happen is while you're trying to struggle to America, you will drown. Another example um, is like um, debt, right? So there's like a debt that you can't pay off. It's like um, it's like you've been trying to pay it off for years. You've even remortgaged. You've even refinanced and you still can't pay it off. And it's, t- it's coming out of your wage every month and the debt is still there. And there's nothing you can do to clear the debt. And ultimately, one day, the bank is going to come and take your stuff. And Jesus came and filled in the gap. In fact, he didn't even fill in the gap. He is the gap. Let's... So when Jesus said it is finished, right? What what are we talking about? The debt has been paid. Say that again. The
5: debt has been paid.
0: The debt has been paid, right? Understand, you know, people. the people of the earth, the Jews, have been sacrificing people from Adam. From Adam, right? From when the first thing had happened all the way down to now, people have been doing this sacrificial system where they've been killing animals da, 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 pointed to this moment. And Jesus, knowing that all of the things have been fulfilled, as it says in verse 28, knowing that every promise that he had made had fulfilled, that everything was right in terms of um, paying off our sin, he said, it is finished. Right? And who was finished by this? Let me read, let me read um, this, this um, Desire of Ages quote. It said, well then, might the angels rejoice as they looked upon the Saviour's cross. Though they did not understand all, they knew that the destruction of sin and Satan was forever made certain. That the redemption of man was assured, that the universe was made eternally secure. Christ himself fully comprehended the results of his sacrifice made upon Calvary. To all those who looked forward when upon the cross he cried out, it is finished. And so you can imagine God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit coming together to work out the story of redemption. And knowing that no other perfection of life could work other than God's life itself. Um, going through the whole 4,000 years of history that have come from that point, from Adam sending to now, um, as in now in John, um, and Jesus saying it's finished. What does that mean for us?
4: Reuben, Nathan. Say we don't play this. But this idea that we actually it's just this idea that we actually have a place in heaven. And this idea that there is actually everything sorted out for us if we choose to um, to accept it.
0: It's actually mad to think that God... Why do you think that God did this, right? Like, Jesus Jesus did this so God could be glorified as, as an overall thing, right? But, okay, we kind of understand that. Everything that Jesus did, God was glorified. But Jesus could have glorified God the Father in heaven as he um, as he was doing. So there was a reason why he came to down here, which... Um, which was over and above just glorifying God. Right? There was an extra reason. And that reason was so that you could be there with them. We talked about before about God's love being um, being all-encompassing. God would God, God created us and and furthermore redeemed us so that we could share in his love. That's it. He died. The, the and not just died but died a sacrificial death the death that we just read about so that we could be a part of his love yeah I was thinking to myself um, as I was studying this how much do I actually think about that how much do I think about it day by day week by week month by month that actually he actually did quite a lot In fact, he did the most. He did the most. Just so that we'd have a chance to say, you know what? Yeah, fair play. I'll I'll accept. No greater love, Jesus said, than it is that um, someone gives up his life for his friends. Now, there's a point of this that is... um, the sacrifice is double-sided. Is in there is a double-sided um, effect that it has on us. So one side of it is that Jesus takes our sins. So um, Jesus died in our place, right? So everything that I've done that's bad, everything that Tyler's done that's bad, everything that Midi has done that's bad, everything that um, Hassler has done that is bad. Jesus died for that. If we accept Him. So what is the other side of that coin?
6: This sacrifice actually works in
4: the reverse as well. So if we see it and we don't do anything and we don't take it into account and we just let it be in vain, we condemn ourselves to this same punishment. Very
0: true. Right, very true. But I guess what I was getting at was, what is the other side of the coin in terms of, um, in terms of the po- it's it's a positive aspect of the substitution. So the substitution with us is that he takes on our punishment. But what's the other end of that substitution? We take on his perfection. We take on his perfection. You can imagine a man who got, um, who got the Medal of Honour for, for doing bravery in the field, um, in, in the army, right? He went out to war, bravery in the field, got the Medal of Honour, right? It's like saying, Jesus is saying, I've got all my medals, right? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take on your rubbish and I'm going to give you my medals. So you can walk into heaven, God looking at you as if you did everything that Jesus did. Everything that we've read about in John, right, is attributed to you when you accept Jesus. When it's said clothed with his righteousness, it's like we take on his goods and he takes on our bad. There's a there's one one of my favorite quotes in um in Um Ellen White's writings, um, I'm gonna find it before the end of the study, right? Um, I just thought about it now, so I'm gonna find it before the end of the study, but it's it's beautiful and it just describes that um aspect just perfectly. Um, but also what we know is because Jesus took on our sins, like God when we think about God in heaven, right, and we think about sin, God has no experience of sin, right? No experience of sin. So when he sees us, God the Father sees us, um, he can understand. He, In fact, he understands sin more than we do, but he can't experientially understand. You understand, right? He, he, he doesn't know what it's like to... have sin on him because he is perfect but in Christ God now can understand everything that we go through because he was made sin for us the guilt the shame, the pain the separation from God, everything in fact he did it a mile time worse than we experience. And so there's a text in, I think, Hebrews that says we um, are not we don't have a high priest that isn't touched with the feelings of our infirmities. What does it mean what do you think that means?
4: It goes to say that we have a God that is affected by our emotions. He's not just sitting up there, uh, you know, complete lack of empathy. Um, saying, say, saying, I love you, but not really knowing what we go through. You know, he 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 likened himself to us, and he he experienced what we experienced, so that now when he says, "I can still redeem you," he's taken into account every single thing that you could ever go through.
0: Exactly, exactly. It's mad. This is the quote right that I was um I was alluding to earlier it says Christ was treated as we deserve that we might be treated as he deserves he was condemned for our sins in which he had no share that we might be justified by his righteousness in which we had no share he suffered the death which was ours that we might receive the life which was his with his stripes we are healed And that literally encapsulates what the cross was about. When Jesus says it was finished, he said it's done. You don't need to worry about it anymore. Like Satan is actually defeated. Like the whole universe now has has knowledge and understanding that I've won, that Satan has lost, that sin is really as bad as we all thought it was, that God was right, that his justice is right, and that all of you can be part of this if you just accept me. Like, your goodness, you don't need to worry about it. I've got the goodness. Your evil, you don't need to worry about it. I took that away from you. Literally, I've done everything. All you need to do is say yes. That is what the cross is. That's is what he meant when he says, it is finished. So let's, um, before we, because time is moving on swiftly, let's just finish the rest of um, the chapter. So from verse 31.
2: Verse 31. The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for the, for the Sabbath day was an high day. Besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him.
0: But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already. They break not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came out their blood and water.
1: He that's and he that saw it bare and his record is true, and he knoweth that he said, to him, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture would be fulfilled: a bone of him shall not be broken.
6: And as another scripture says, they will look unto the, they will look on, they will look on the one they have pierced. Later, oh, I shall stop there. Carry on.
0: Um, yeah, just quickly, right? So I think um, Tyler mentioned this before. Jesus died of a broken heart, right? Um, he didn't, although the, obviously he died of the cross as well, he died of a broken heart. Um, they went to go break his legs, right? So the other two um, thieves got their, their knees broken, right? And that was supposed to aid in the, them dying quicker but Jesus was already dead and so much so that they pierced him in his side and blood and water came out so the guy was dead they know this thing that he was unconscious and then after three days he got up again uh, none of that. he was dead right um and he was dead long before they thought he was dead in fact he was quite a shock because usually as Tyler said this was a three to five maybe even a week um long death like you was you stay out there and agonize for a while probably even suffocate um because your body is hanging over um you couldn't breathe properly and so the fact that jesus is dead so quickly shows you that this the, the the accumulation of guilt and sin of the world was such a weight to carry um, and so and it's also fulfilled another one of this um of the prophecies that none of his bones would be broken because he was supposed to be a blemishless um lamb that was slain right so yeah,
6: we can continue, 38 to 42. Um, 38. A second, just lastly. it. Um, 38. Later, later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders with, Pilate, with Pilate's permission he came and took and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had Jesus, had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and alloy about 75 pounds, taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and in strips of linen. This was in accordance of the Jewel burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And In the garden, a new tomb, in which no one had been laid, because of because it was Jewish. It was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there.
0: Is that all of 42?
6: Wait, this one. That. Yeah, that was all of 42.
0: Okay, cool. Okay. Um so yeah, that's the end of chapter 19. Um, where meet Nicodemus again, who a few um, weeks ago we saw sort of had that meeting at night with Jesus. Um, and now we can see his growth maybe throughout the last few years we don't know how you know we haven't touched it basis with Nicodemus too much um but we see here in the final he joins up with Joseph Arimathea and um takes Jesus's body and buries it so yeah just the last thing to say before we close up um you know I said that the the analogy of us being in debt um and not able to clear it for us to accept um, christ's debt debt scheme his debt his debt repayment scheme we need to file for bankruptcy and what filing for bankruptcy means is it is a is acknowledgement that i cannot pay this debt off i can't do it that's what filing for bankruptcy is is saying to you know the bank It's saying this debt I cannot repay. So we need to sort something out because I can't repay it. And with that acknowledgement, that is when Jesus can sweep and say, Don't worry, I paid it already. But without the acknowledgement of I cannot pay it, and the more that we're trying and struggling and you know, trying to swim to America from Cornwall, you know, all all that's going to happen is you're going to drown. But once we accept that we can't do it, is where the olive branch of Jesus can be like, don't worry, I've already done it. Is there any other um, comments before we close up? I was just going to point out.
4: Uh, it's not really a point from the study, but just a point on this study. That uh, this, um, you know, the Jesus's death is something that we as Christians are supposed to focus on a lot. You know, there's there's literally nothing more that we should focus on, and you know, the fact that the whole Bible tends to point towards his death, and then afterwards the results of his death. Uh, obviously, a significant, but it's always been interesting because, you know, just reading, to just reading, this this passage, is definitely, you know, there's there's emotion there, especially if you start to try and deep it. But I definitely think it's one of those things where every time we go through this, every time, you know, we've already said this before. Every time we open the Word of God, you know, we need we need the Holy Spirit. But every time we go through this um, you know, th- this passage, you know, especially because, you know, like we've got things like communion and everything that Jesus even tells us to do, you know, uh what, well, you know, drink this cup. What does he say, drink this cup often in remembrance of me? Right. But I just think it's one of those things where we need we have to ask for the Holy Spirit so that when we're focusing on Jesus' death, he can actually bring it home to us again everything that we've got to gain because other than that we can't just look at these words on a page and expect them to bring us that spiritual life and that spiritual motivation to actually go to god is there's something that he has to do for us
0: but yes it's been a great study sure, sure, sure thanks um any other comments before we close? okay
3: um
0: Lenea,
1: would you pray for us to close, please? let's sure. close the eye for prayer. Amen, Father. Thank you for blessing us with this study. Thank you for re- helping us remember your Calvary and what you've done for us, and help us not to take it for
2: granted, and help us to live a life that represents you, our friend Jesus. Name, amen. Amen.